It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary three by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 830. That's what it is of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, November the 22nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you are checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. Lots of great stuff for you right now. All across the NBA channel, we've got the local hosts breaking down the biggest stories going on with their teams in free agency. So go and give those shows a listen. Perhaps listen to Locked On Knicks as Alex and Gavin over there get very sad about not getting any free agents not even their plan c free agents in like gordon hayward and instead end up with nerland's noel uh that'll be a lot of fun it's always fun to listen to despair and those guys are great so go check out all of the shows you might be interested in on the locked on nba channel right now all right on today's show it's a bittersweet day. We have uh, Fred Van Vliet signing uh, to talk about the four-year, $85 million deal he signed with the Raptors yesterday. Very exciting stuff. Very happy, uplifting stuff. A wonderful story. Fred Van Vliet undrafted now with the owner of the biggest contract in the history of undrafted players, which rules. We're going to talk all about that. But then we're going to get a little bit sad as Serge Ibaka is leaving the Toronto Raptors. He will be signing with the LA Clippers on a two-year, $19 million deal, the two-year mid-level exception with an option, I believe, after one year. It's, uh, it's a tough blow, and especially considering the amount of money that the Clippers ended up throwing at him, it seemed like the Raptors could be like kind of hang around in the ballpark there, but not the case, and we will talk about the departure of Serge Ibaka and uh, what it means for the Raptors and our feelings, mostly. <laughs> and... Uh, That'll be in today's show, and joining me to dive into all of it, as well as look ahead at what's next for the Raptors in free agency, 
is our very favorite person and the only person I would want to get into my feelings with here on today's podcast. It is Katie Heindel. Katie, how are you? I'm good, but I just want to say, you know, to Toronto fans, don't get too upset because Anthony Davis is still out there. <laughs> just, Why uh, not settle into the delusion stage of denial early? I, you know? I, I, I like Why that not? too. I've been, I've been talking mm-hmm. myself into uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich signing trades for the last 12 hours. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> that would be the funniest thing in the world. Actually, the funniest thing in the world would be Bogdan taking the nine point three million the Raptors can offer somebody right now. That would be uh, truly beautiful. It would be Not Anthony Davis happen. taking that money, honestly. <laughs> you know, I and got my ring. Like, I'm up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got my <laughs> ring. I just want to play with Kyle Lowry now. I just want to play with a real point guard for a season or two. That would be, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, we'll, 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 uh, in the final segment, we will get into what the Raptors are going to do next in free agency. Obviously, Anthony Davis and Bogdan at the same time, splitting the mid-level exception, actually. We'll get into that. But we should start off with the good news, Katie. Let's start off with Fred VanVleet. Sure. He is returning to the Raptors. Yeah, four yeah. years, $85 million. Uh, right around, I believe, what I predicted. I said four years, 84, I think, on this very podcast. It's a good thing you listen to this podcast and get smart predictions baby because i definitely know all about the salary cap um but fred's coming back it it seemed like it was kind of always preordained the market evaporated and that certainly helped things i think a little bit but the knicks still had a lot of money to throw around and the knicks never really even seemed to be in the conversation it was a a pretty quick uh at like noon yesterday saturday being yesterday for fred to re-up with the raptors uh he's got an option in the final year of his contract which Gives him more flexibility and more opportunity to bet on himself if he would like to do so. Can't imagine he'll turn that opportunity down when the time comes. But for now, Fred Van Vliet's still in the Raptors, and I think it's a very, very good thing. Katie, what was your reaction to the deal coming down? I mean, it was great, but I think all along, like, you know, they knew he was their dude, and they secured yeah. him. They secured the dude as he secured the bag. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> Like, it it's obviously was a relief, but I wasn't surprised. I think Fred was like, you just, like, hearing him talk about it, even when he was like, I want to get paid, but, like, hearing him talk about the future of the franchise and, like, wanting to be a leader, but then also saying, like, he loves what he's got with Lowry and being able to, like, learn from him and eventually, like, step into that role. It just makes sense that he would want to stay. And I'm very glad that the team ponied up um, and, like, did good by the dude. Yeah, I, I am very happy, too. I think, you know, the Raptors are kind of known for taking care of their guys, so I'm not surprised they took care of Fred. It may be a number that mm. I think was a little above what original estimations would be. I think a lot of people were sort of looking at the 18 to 20 million range, $21 million or 21 and a half, whatever it is. Uh, totally fine. It's uh, wonderful to see Fred get paid. It maintains the flexibility for next offseason. I believe the number was about 23 and a half or 24. That would have been the walkaway number if they really wanted to make it as easy as possible to thread the needle to next summer. So they've done that well. And, you know, the thing with signing Fred back is that it guarantees that the Raptors can continue to do this thing where they stay quite good, competitive, maybe not top of the conference, but very good and can just kind of hang around until an opportunity strikes to find another star like they did with Kawhi. It's the method that the Raptors have followed for the last seven years, and it's worked once already to get a title. It's worked technically seven times because they've been in the playoffs and they've been relevant and they've won 50 games in a row five years straight. 
and the formula is pretty tried and true at this point. Losing Fred would have made that pretty hard, I think, because you'd be asking Malachi Flynn to take on a pretty big role in his uh, you know, first season in the NBA. He would have been asking Norman Powell to step up from the bench role. He's very, very good in it to be a starter, and you don't know how that would necessarily go. Fred is just a, a good floor raiser for the Raptors, and it ensures that they're going to be you know, if not one of the top two or three teams in the Eastern Conference, at least in that four, five, six range at the very worst. And that's where you want to be. That's where the Raptors have always wanted to be. The other moves, obviously, you know, losing Serge Ibaka, potentially losing Marcus All, those could have some, you know, impacts for sure. But those positions at center, it's a bit more of a mercenary spot. So you can bring in other guys and they can sort of approximate the production. You were never going to find a Fred Van Vliet if Fred Van Vliet left. And it's uh, he's also just like insanely easy to root for. I don't know. It's just it's damn heartwarming to see a guy who very much just constantly is betting on himself, constantly believing in himself, constantly working to secure the bag, actually do it. And I think it's deserved. You, you know, but I don't think there's any problem with the number or anything like that. And it, he also fits really nicely into whatever the next iteration of the team is going to be. If they really have their designs on Giannis, which it seems like that still seems like a possibility considering the way free agency has played out. You know, they would have thrown Serge Ibaka more years probably if they didn't think next summer was a possibility still. And Fred figures to fit in perfectly on that type of team. He fits in perfectly right now with OG and Pascal as sort of the next wave of the team. And I, I think it's overall just a really, really tidy piece of business. And it's the best of both worlds because Fred gets the hell paid and the Raptors keep him around. And it's not on like an exorbitant contract that's going to make things difficult down the line. Katie, any uh, any last thoughts here on Fred before we move on it's you know it's just really good stuff i'm very happy i feel like i've talked for the last four minutes just because i it's yeah, just, i was gonna say you really yeah. you really took it to town there uh. <laughs> sorry yeah i uh by the way i'm just in the middle of my coffee so my brain is firing on all cylinders uh right that's now good. that's yeah. good so sorry yeah take the um, mic back from me please <laughs> i think um i mean the only other major point about fred is i'm very happy to see that kind of dip in his um, pay next, like for free agency. Yes. This coming free agency next year. Obviously for what that implies, the team wants to go after, but more for like the communication piece that like there is, you can't really question, I think the relationship now between the front office, the Raptors front office and like core players like Fred Van Vliet, given just like, he was obviously in on doing that. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, it's not like a significant hit, but it is, I think like a bit of a sacrifice for the good of like this organization. Mm -hmm. And I do think when you look around the league, that is sort of a rare thing to just have that like two way favorability. I mean, obviously it would suit Fred if they're, if the pitch was kind of like, you're our future leader um he obviously wants to lead a good team and a team where like as you said they could get another star like they can they can attract somebody big um in the coming seasons so i think like fred it also goes to show that like there's there was nothing behind this kind of like talk around fred going to the knicks or like detroit like places that basically could just pay him a lot of money because i really don't think that's all he cares about like he wants to win and he wants to get paid but like there's really only one place right now well, not one place. There's several places, but the best place he could kind of be set up for that. That also understands him. 
can like kind of cater and like tailor to his interests and like also like his interests outside of basketball with just like community outreach and everything he does in the city is Toronto. So mm-hmm. I really liked that. I mean, it's like a, such a small detail, I think, but in the grand scheme of things, it does really show just like the concentric like effect, mm-hmm. you know, of the, that the team like has on him and vice versa. So I, I don't know. I like that whether or not it will come to fruition that they'll be able to like rope that star mm-hmm. <laughs> hitch their wagon to a future <laughs> huge star will will remain to be seen and we can get stressed out about that down the road but i don't know i liked that yeah it's gotta feel good yeah it, it's an eight percent decrease from i think the 25 and a half million dollars starting salary so it's not like enormous or anything like that it's a couple mm-hmm. million bucks at the most but yeah that does make things a little bit easier in year two and then it'll go back up his uh, salary will ascend back up in the final two years and yeah, it's just, you know, it's a good little wink from Masai. Like, yeah, we know what we're doing. Don't you worry. <laughs> we're, we're good. You were worried about the, the money? Don't. We're, we're all set. Um, and it is, yeah, it's just, a, it's a good bit of sort of understanding on Fred's side that, you know, him being on the team and making this money, it is going to, you know, certainly make things a little bit more difficult to juggle. But that's one of them good problems to have for sure. And I guess any little concession you can make. I also wonder if maybe the fact that they're going to be playing in their home games in Florida this year, maybe they wanted more money stacked up at the front for Fred to get the tax break. Uh, <laughs> I could totally see that being a thing as well. But it's uh, it's very, very good. And uh, it's just lovely to have Fred back. And it's not really, there's not a ton left to say about it. I mean, I've been saying this was going to happen. We've been all been saying this is going to happen for months now. I don't think anyone who really understands the dynamics of the Raptors and Fred ever really thought there was a ton of risk of him leaving, barring some insane godfather offer from the Knicks. But even then, I think the Raptors might have considered matching it because he is so important to all of the culture building things and everything else that they have got going on. So i uh, mm-hmm. love to see him back. It's a uh, very, very good, happy news. And it's, uh, I guess, the way to make us as happy as possible before descending into sadness because there is some dark stuff to talk about katie serge Ibaka no longer a member of the toronto raptors and we are going to talk about that in just a second but first i want to tell everybody about built go look right now if you're a raptors fan serge Ibaka leaving might have you down in the dumps you might be feeling it a little bit you might be a little bit upset and you may be running into a wall where you maybe got some stuff you got to do today, but you can't just quite get through it because the surge of Baca sadness has overcome you. Well, guess what? You can use a built go to break through that wall and get the stuff done you need to get done today. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every single day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your backpack, your gym bag, your golf bag, whatever it might be to power you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy, basically, without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink or one of those other disgusting green electric neon-looking energy drinks, but it has a third of the caffeine, and it has better results. It's three delicious flavors as well for you to try. Our peanut butter, honey, chocolate mint, and chocolate coconut. And it works really freaking well. Guess how? It's because of collagen protein, baby. It works to fast absorb into your 
body. It gets into your system fast, plus it's easier on your stomach as well. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. It also has the energy gel side of things, which has all the good stuff that ignites your work, including beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And it kicks to keep you going strong throughout the day with 10,000% of your daily percentage of B6 and B12 vitamins. Right now, when you go to BuiltGoat.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Katie, Serge Ibaka. Um, by the way, just a teaser ahead for later in the week, Katie, Vivek, and I later in the week are going to do a Serge Ibaka moments from the Raptors draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. There will be tears. There will be yelling. There will be disagreements, I'm sure. And I probably will be a competitive dick like I usually am when we engage in competition with Katie and Vivek. That'll be a lot of fun. Stick around probably on Wednesday or Thursday for that this week. But let's dive into it now, Katie. Serge Ibaka going to the LA Clippers. Two years, 19 million bucks. <sighs> didn't expect this one. I really didn't. I thought the Raptors would probably offer him like one year, 15 or 16 million bucks. Get that balloon payment and then maybe look to look at something longer term after they figure out their affairs next summer. Not the case. It seems Serge is uh, swayed by the idea of winning a title and perhaps feeding more beef penis pizza to Kawhi Leonard. He goes to the Clippers. What was your reaction to this one, Katie? It's uh, it's it's a sad one. This is how I was woken up this morning, which was not <laughs> oh, <no>. ideal. <laughs> Pretty depressing. Uh, like you, I also thought he was like i felt like it was like 80 20 i think even i said that to you like i felt like it was pretty sure thing you know just mm -hmm. like i felt so smart talking about the potential deal he could make with like sign them sign here for a year and then like really cash out in next year's free agency like bonanza um but this is a bummer like it it does suck i also think Honestly, like if it was the Nets, if it was between the Nets, the Raptors and the Clippers as as like contenders and he didn't decide to go to the Nets with that freaky lineup, I honestly think we should take some consolation in the fact that I think he maybe just wanted to live in L.A. Yeah, like, he's an L.A. ass player. That's for sure. <laughs> like when you look at just like, I don't know. Yeah, the money is obviously like and, you know, he wanted to get paid. and He wanted to live in L.A. Like the Clippers aren't even, I'd say, as much of a contender and like you know i've turned on the nets but like the freaking nets like they could be right it's kind of a wild card it's like mm -hmm. what people thought maybe the clippers were like sure things last season and they obviously were not so you've got to work out all that other like chemistry stuff and whether or not the team works but if they do 
they're looking more like a contender than I'd say the Clippers still are, which are like, they're still kind of directionless. Like they still need like an actual point guard. Yeah. You know, like Serge is a, is a great, I think losing Traz and like getting Serge is like a great improvement for them. But Serge also like works very well alongside a point guard like Kyle Lowry, yeah. who can like set him up for opportunities. Like he really flourished and like thrived with and was able to just like get great reads off the ball with here. But like, I don't know, the, the appeal of it, the appeal of it doesn't make as much sense to me. So that's why I really think it's like payment location. And also like, maybe he is Kawhi's only friend and maybe we took that for granted you know what i mean like yeah i thought they were just like fast friends at the end of last season but maybe this whole time they've been great pals yeah like i think i probably am a little higher on the clippers championship potential than I, I you not, are but I at that said sold on it yeah the i mean still a mess <laughs> yeah i I'm, I'm with you though it is you know i could understand why Serge Ibaka would look at that roster and say, oh, that's my best chance to win a title. I don't think that's necessarily going to come to fruition because I think the Lakers and the offseason they just had is going to blow the shit out of anything that the Clippers could do to match it, right? Like the the Dennis Schroeder thing is really good. Montrez Harrell, I think the Lakers will use him better than the Clippers did. Mm-hmm. And it just, and the West Matthews signing is a stroke of genius. I mean, he's like, I think he's better than Danny Green at this point, And he's making a third of the money Danny Green was making. And so that's a, it's a really good piece of business for them. It sucks that the Lakers are now like another force of good in comparison to the Clippers, but that's just the way things have transpired. And the way the Clippers have presented themselves over the last year or so, and here's the thing. So I don't want this to turn into any sort of Surge bashing situation because Surge yeah. is awesome. He's incredible. He is a top 10 Raptor of all time. He is one of, a, he's probably like a top five favorite Raptor for me. He's just an absolute delight. But I do wonder if the Clippers are sort of looking at Surge through Kyle Lowry color glasses. <laughs> you mentioned the, the point guard situation and how Ibaka often thrives when he's got a good point guard with him. That is absolutely true. And Kyle Lowry, I think, really sort of allowed Serge to kind of reach his peak. And I don't think they have someone like that to work in tandem with Serge to really bring out the things he does best, the same as the Raptors did. Uh, you know, even Fred got a lot better in, his ter- in terms of his connection with Serge by the end. And so I, I do wonder if the Clippers are going to like Clippers fans are going to feel a little bit let down almost by getting a surge that there's just, you can't achieve the same surge when Patrick Beverly is your point guard or Lou Williams is your backup point guard. It's just going to be a bit of a different situation. And I I do think, you know, the Clippers needed surge more than I think the Raptors necessarily do to win games because they had a gaping hole at backup center and Montrezl Harrell was unplayable in the playoffs. And we certainly know that Serge Ibaka is playable in the playoffs, but it is worth noting, I think, that, you know, I think the stat was shared out last night by Josh Howe that the, you know, with the Raptors starting five with Marcus on the floor had like a plus 13 net rating. And with Ibaka, it was like a minus 3.8. And he just doesn't drive winning in the same way as a lot of other bigs. That, again, is not to say that I don't didn't want the Raptors to bring him back because I absolutely did. And a large part of it was just because I like to root for dudes who are cool and there is no dude cooler than Serge Ibaka. But I, I don't think... You know, if, if you're a Raptors fan looking at this, I don't think this is like, oh, no, must panic. The team is going to be bad now or anything like that. As I mentioned in the Fred talk, like 
the guard situation is much more telling as to what this, the floor of the team is going to be and even the ceiling, whereas the big man position is a little bit more sort of you can find the things that Surge did well and hopefully replace them 80% worth and kind of get by and also play more OG at center, which is going to happen a lot now, and I am very much down for that because OG is a boss when he plays the five. But, yeah, that, that's kind of my breakdown of like what the signing means for both teams. It, it's, you know... For me, though, Katie, the the bigger loss is just the he was an amazing guy to root for. He was insanely fun. He brought a sort of energy and charm to the team and kind of was also really good at bringing out that side of people on the team that you know, no one else really could. I mean, he got Kawhi Leonard to eat beef penis pizza. He got OG Ananobi to engage in scarf wars like he is so good at highlighting the personalities of the other players on the team. And to me, as a person who really values the vibes element of watching sports, this is certainly a big blow because Surge was one of a kind when it came to personality and content. And I did, that's a far more irreplaceable thing and just as important to me as the on-court stuff. I mean, I think what we're learning now, and though I don't think the Clippers realize this yet, is what the Clippers need is Kyle Lowry because they keep making... <laughs> These moves that are basically like, let us poach uh, really successful Raptors players. And (laughs) our understanding is that they'll, having gone through that team, they're going to bring that exactly the same thing to our team. That's it. It's so simple. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's one conduit that all of those people work well, like work best through. You know what I mean? And that's Kyle Lowry. So I'm like, I'm, it's funny this is like a nice like you can kind of take this you know as like a little bit of a soothing bomb on this the the like herd of this trade but that maybe we figured that out but the clippers still have not seemed to be able to figure that out yet um that's what it really looks like to me from the outside and also like kudos to the lakers for scaring the shit out of everyone in the league so badly by going so big <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the playoffs that like the the center market Honestly, this free agency is just like, that's like the hottest thing. People cannot get their hands on like a good center fast enough. And I think that's something also the Raptors probably going into this, like didn't account for. Like Mm -hmm. you couldn't have known that's what it would have happened in the playoffs and then in the finals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's just like a, a weird thing that like they, maybe when they were figuring out like what they could kind of afford to pay surge or what they wanted to, you couldn't account for like how desperately other teams would want someone like him so truly good for him to your point yeah it's like it is gonna suck losing him for also like all these other things that he brought up and other players I think like as the years went on every year he was with the team he kind of like he just like flourished in a different way um, and a part of that was like his personality really coming out and like as you said like he could kind of he's like the OG whisperer you know like he kind of got like mark to even be sometimes a little less like i wouldn't say prickly but just like come out of his shell a little bit more you know like he really had a a rapport with everybody on the team which made it a lot more fun to watch yeah it was the anchor piece of like lowry's like always like lowry's opening sequence of like the workout intro Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he always ended with surge you know like he always ended like with the running into surge and like the spin yeah i feel like you know that says something it's a team now that you know, like outside of Surge, it, it always kind of had this very self-serious, like workmanlike mm-hmm. attitude, which is a big reason why they're so endearing, obviously. But 
to have that sort of foil to that like head down seriousness in Surge where he could sort of break them, right? And yes. was one of the only people who could. That is just such a, you know, again, you know, the talking about wins and losses, whatever, like the you watch the regular season for six months, you're looking for entertainment. You're looking to, you know, forge a connection with the team before any sort of end game is decided in the postseason. And there's a ton of value in having an entertaining product to watch for six months. And Serge Ibaka brought that so, so beautifully. And, you know, even on off days, you knew you were getting something out of Serge, <laughs> whether it was the whole Ref- Renfrew shows or How Hungry Are You or his Instagram dances. Like, it, it's just, it, there's there's a lot of layers that you're losing. And mm-hmm. that is, to me, the far bigger blow than the on-court stuff. Because as we mentioned, like, the on-court driving, winning, whatever, like, it, it is what it is. But the off-court stuff is really where that dude's shown. And he goes down as like an all-time Raptors fan favorite as a result. And I am very excited, Katie. I don't, I don't want to burn any of our favorite surge moments <laughs> on this episode because we are going to draft. We might have to do like a 10-round draft because there are so many things to choose from, like both on-court and off-court between the title run and the like the content and the scarfs. Like it's just an endless string. He was always sort of the the pulse of the team in terms of like cultural relevance, in terms of just entertainment. He just kind of was always at the center of anything that was cooking with the Raptors. And that is going to be a big thing to, uh, to try to replicate with anybody else. Just bring in Kyle O'Quinn, please. (laughs) Honestly, it's like the, the, the (laughs) one maybe saving grace here is that maybe Kyle O'Quinn can get a, a deal from the Raptors now. And he's um, always posting pictures of cabins he wants to live in. So I feel like there's a lot more, you know, like the cottage market. Yeah. Maybe him, really and, right for him. him and Kyle could go split seas on something on Lake Rosso or something like I that. I mean, I don't think they need to split it. But yeah, yeah but like they, it's more of just like a, a family. Like they want to be <laughs> the Kyle's, it's the not Kyle a, cottage. Yeah, yeah. It's not a financial split. It's a, you are a person I like and I want to split a cottage with you mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we're going to get into the surge draft of moments with him of his time with the team a little bit later on in the week. So we'll save some for that. And we're going to take a look on the other side into what's next and where the Raptors should go from here in terms of moves to make, what flexibility do they have, and what names might be out there that maybe they have already signed by the time this podcast publishes. Who knows? It's the danger of posting a podcast in the middle of free agency. We'll get to that in a second, though. But first, if you want to hear about how ecstatic the Clippers might be to get Serge Ibaka, if you really like to you know, do self-immolation, go listen to Locked On Clippers today. Those guys over there are cool and good. It's just, it'll be sad, but hey, you can relive the joy of acquiring Surge for the first time back in 2017 if you really like. I don't know. Go listen to Locked On Clippers if you'd like to be sad. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Katie, let's dive in now to what the hell the Raptors do next. The free agency window continues to go on. There are lots of big men out there. 
as of right now, losing Serge Ibaka, you know, it doesn't free up the same financial flexibility that you'd think because the Raptors are uh, over the over the cap anyway, and so it's just a matter of uh, exceptions and stuff. They have their mid-level exception, their full mid-level exception, their non-taxpayer one at nine point three million bucks a year for as many as four years, so they can throw that to anyone they like. I would imagine they would rather keep that to a one-year deal for whoever they end up bringing in because of 2021, maybe a player option or a team option, something like that, but that is the situation. They also have the ability to offer Marcus Gasol pretty much anything they want, similar to what the deal was with Serge Ibaka. They have about $41 total million dollars to work with between Fred and then filling out the rest of the roster spots, of which I believe there are three right now, um, and I would assume that will probably end up going to one of O'Shea Brissett or Chris Boucher, maybe both. I don't know. Um, and obviously, there's still the Terrence Davis situation. So hopefully, there are four roster spots to fill by the time his guarantee date passes on the 29th. We'll get to that over the course of the week as well. But um, in terms of what the Raptors can do, yeah, it's it's not a ton of flexibility. But as we've seen, 9.3 million bucks can get you quite a bit in the center market right now. There, Jakob Pertl got that over three years. We know what Serge got. Tristan Thompson got it. So... Katie, my question to you is, looking out there at other centers on the market, do you think there's a path forward here for the Raptors to get somebody good? And who would be at the top of your list of the available names? I mean, Anthony Davis, I already told you. <laughs> Take a pay cut, buddy. You know, you know what you can do. You know what the Raptors can do. You, can you imagine how much better Anthony Davis would get playing alongside Kyle Lowry? We can indulge in the fantasy at least for like a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron like, is pretty good. Not as <laughs> Lowry true, in this true. regard. Accurate. <laughs> this specific way. Um, I don't know, dude. I saw some people tossing out Aaron Baines' name, and I wanted to whip my phone across the room. I'm not ri- <laughs> like that. Might just be like, pre- like premature hurt still from surge and like not being ready to have that conversation. Like, I'm actually curious because you said there's a lot of decent. Big yeah, there, there's not a lot there's not it's like pre-dried up when you also look at like tristan thompson getting that kind of payout you know what yeah. i mean like i love yak but like same thing it's kind of just shows how like top like top of this market for like for centers surge was mm-hmm. um if the raptors don't resign gasol like I'm actually a little bit worried and you know, I'm usually a chiller on these things, but like, I don't think Boucher is ready at all to step into that position. You no. mentioned OG. I love that opportunity for OG, but like, he can't just, he still needs the flexibility and freedom to like thrive as a player, to be able to move through positions. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. maybe that doesn't work out. And like, also maybe he doesn't want to do that. Um, so I don't think that's like playing necessarily to his strong suits as a player. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is, it's okay. No, it, it is pretty grim. Uh, I, yeah, I said there were lots of good names. It's Harry <laughs> Giles is the big one. There's uh, Aaron Baines. I would not be thrilled about, but it might happen. I don't know. <laughs> and he like he was pretty good for the Suns last year. So maybe that's a shining light. But God, no thanks. Um, and yeah, Gasol's the big one. I think uh, our our friend and cap expert over at Raptors HQ, Daniel Hackett, laid it out pretty nicely that the ideal scenario I think right now is the Raptors are able to give Marcus Gasol like ten million bucks to stick around this year, and then give a big chunk of the MLE 
to Harry Giles to convince him to stick around, uh, convince him to come to the Raptors. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure he's weighing a few options right now because he is one of the hottest names left on the market. That said, most teams have their centers now. And if you're the Detroit, Detroit Pistons, you have 12 centers. So uh, they're definitely out. But <laughs> I had to get that jab in there somehow. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's like a crazy outcome. If, if that happens, if they get Gasol and Giles, I think you're pretty happy. I think that is a very good center rotation to have, especially when you mix in some Pascal and OG at the five. Um, and then I guess the other option, too, is if you really wanted to go outside of the free agent pool, you could maybe look at maybe swinging a deal with Norm Powell or something to sort of balance the roster a little bit more, but then you're leaving yourself lean on the wings again. So, I don't know. It, it, it's not ideal by any means. It's you know it sucks to lose surge for a lot of reasons and this is one it's just the backup plans are not awesome but if they can convince Gasol to stick around I think Gasol was always the least likely of the two to stay but probably the guy who if he did stay would mean the most on the court because I mean the Raptors just beat the shit out of everybody every minute he was on the floor last year regardless of if he took two shots a game they were outscoring teams by as I said like 13 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor they were just destroying teams so even though he's a bit, uh, you know, maybe into the back part of his career now, to put it kindly, and maybe there's some decline going on there, he's still really effective and would be a really nice center to have around, especially for a guy like Harry Giles, who, look, I don't want to say he has any sort of Marcus Gasol upside, because he certainly doesn't, but, like, he is a decent little passer, and, you know, he kind of does some of the things Gasol can do from the elbows and whatnot. That might be a guy, for, in terms of tutelage, that you'd want to have around if you do end up getting Harry Giles. So that's I'm uh, still mad they yeah. didn't draft like honestly draft one point card, but like why do you need just like why didn't you draft for size? Like why didn't you? Yeah. Like the I know we were on the same page there, yeah. but just like I, I don't know, maybe there was like options. Maybe the people they wanted went sooner. Um, maybe they really weren't that sold on what they saw that we do not see, given just like their extensive background research and like seeing these guys play in person that we did not see so like maybe there was a reason not to but when you're just looking at the at the at the potential that you could lose like because they could still lose Boucher so like you could lose yeah all three of your centers what like what are you doing not backing that up for yourself and again I'm like I'm not like I trust Mustai and I trust the front office and I trust that they've got something up their sleeves and like they've maybe accounted for like there's no way they didn't account for all these scenarios but it just seems like and I think the last time we were like oh they're really in the lurch like was around like the Nick Nurse deal and obviously that turned out quite (laughs) well so you know I like this is all with a caveat of like we don't know what they know but that does worry me a little bit yeah i mean the xavier tillman thing was something i was on for a very very long time it would have been really lovely Uh to have him i do think you know the reason that i think they probably went point guard over big is that like they were not comfortable last year only having two point guards that they could trust and Uh they've for how long like to have three point guards that they can roll out there back to the delon days and Corey joseph like they like to have that it's a luxury for them. They like to play multiple guard lineups. They like to have extra ball handling. And that was also a big thing that they didn't have in the postseason was extra ball handling. And so I kind of get it. And I also think the calculus there is, okay, we can kind of go and get one of these not very interesting backup point guards that the Clippers, for example, are trying to sign right now, like Chris Chioza or Yogi Ferrell, or we can get 
big who, you know, within the environment of the Raptors with Kyle and Pascal and OG there to sort of, and Fred as like a, a bit of insulation, any big we get is going to be competent. And I think that's probably the calculus there is it's easier to find a competent big man than it is a guard who kind of fits what the Raptors want to do. So. I mean, I like to have eggnog every day, but I don't do it because <laughs> it's not good for me this time of year. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. point guard point that you're trying to make, like, yeah, that is a luxury. You don't do it because it's disgusting. People would judge you. <laughs> it's not good for my body. So, you know, sometimes what you want is not necessarily what's best for you. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Anyway, I don't know. Sign Mark, like get, yeah. lock, lock it down. Like you gotta lock this big guy down. Give him whatever he wants at this point. Yeah, I'm fine with the whatever balloon payment you were gonna give to Surge. Just give, give it, it to Mark. Mark. Yeah, yeah, give it to Mark. Get him just, a villa in Spain. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. And then like massage him nicely and uh, pay for lots of. Uh, give him a uh, slap the leg of a miracle yeah. ham down on the table. Now's the time. <laughs> just slap it down. I mean. That seems like it'll work to me. Um, that I think is probably a good place to leave this, Katie. I don't want to talk more uh, because every time, every second we're on the air, is a chance that Woj is going to tweet something about the Raptors signing Marcus All. I mean, I guess we could do a running day long podcast and just react when the news happens, but I don't have the voice for that. So uh, that will be it for now. I'll be back again tomorrow to break down. Whatever the hell happens here on Sunday, hopefully good news for the Raptors on the big man front. And we will get all into that. And as I said, later this week, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do a Serge Ibaka moments with the Raptors draft. I'm also going to be joined by one of the hosts of Locked on Rays to get a read on Tampa Bay as a host city for the Toronto Raptors. We'll have some fun. We'll dive into the restaurant scene and, uh, you know, try to assemble a, a, maybe a daily itinerary for the Raptors guys while they're down there. Uh, unless the itinerary is uh, stay in the hotel and don't do anything, which it should be, uh, <laughs> we, we, we will still uh, talk about Tampa Bay as the new home for the Raptors. So that will be coming up as well. That happened, like, apparently two days ago. It feels like a week ago already. So um, <laughs> just keep an eye out for that. It'll be a very busy week here on the podcast. Uh, Kay, do you have anything that you would like to promote? Um, uh, this also seems like it was 10 years ago, but I talked to uh, Chris Bosch about yeah. drones. He's a, a, the dean um, of the Drone Racing League's Drone Racing Academy. And Bosch just, like, loves tech, loves talking about tech, loves STEM education, and loves talking about how excited that makes him for kids. So, I don't know. It was a really, it's, like, obviously pretty off topic, but it was a very fun story to write and learn about as I went. Um, anyway, so that's on time. That's awesome. Uh, everyone should go and read it. It's uh, Katie Rules. And apparently, well, excited for whatever enormous basketball celebrity you'll be talking to next week after <laughs> Becky Hammond, Stan Van Gundy, Chris Bosch, and the whole crew. Um, just uh, you're killing it, Katie, and we, we love you for it. Uh, me, you can just find my stuff at Raptors HQ. I'll be doing some more blogs coming up uh, probably over the course of the next week. I might do some sort of surge uh goodbye post uh or might just save it for the podcast i don't know but there's a lot of feelings to digest with surge especially considering uh he was acquired in exchange for my other boo terrence ross it's just a lot of uh, emotion going on for me uh, personally so i hope you care about that a lot uh anyway <laughs> um you can also listen to a uh, basketball podcast with katie uh it was a really fun episode last thursday when we talked about the draft and 
uh, ranked the or projected the futures of every NBA lottery pick based on the quality of their smile. It was a good time. So go <laughs> check that out. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back again tomorrow and we will talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.